Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the show. On this rather cold morning, actually, uh, got up uh, and over Shabbos as well. It was it was not warm. I, I think, uh, as they say in Game of Thrones, winter was coming, uh, and I, you could see, I think, for the first time, the leaves on the floor, and uh, you know all of that kind of thing. So you know, it's uh, it, it's definitely here, but it doesn't matter. We've got a nice warm show uh, for you today. I'm excited to be uh, bringing it f- uh, to you. Uh, just talking about some general things, what's going on. It's going to be a big week in the news cycle this week. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. We have a special guest in in about half past nine. We're talking to Dan Stillerman and crew. Uh, he is from The Mad Runners. Uh, they decided that they're going to be running from Joburg to Cape Town. From, I mean, I don't even want to drive from Joburg. I barely want to fly from Joburg to Cape Town. Uh, and these oaks are going to actually be running the whole thing, which I think is, uh, I mean, it's mad, but uh, but at the same time, quite uh, quite interesting. So, you know, we'll see what uh, what what they're having to say uh, for themselves and uh, why they're doing this and what is the cause. Is there a cause? What is the whole thing? So that is, uh, that, that's all, all going to be coming up and, uh, I'm rather looking forward to having Dan in the studio. Uh, we've had him before for a couple of things. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be kind of, kind of interesting. So, so that's, that's on that side of, of, of the different, uh, aspects. Uh, Israeli elections, of course, are coming up this week. Uh, we're going to be seeing, uh, sure, just in about the next, 48 hours, I think, uh, in, in Israeli elections, they, they stop the news cycle uh, and polls and that sort of thing uh, just before the election. So uh, everything goes kind of quiet, similar to the way we do it, actually. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, 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 we're going to be seeing who's going to be coming out. Uh, so we'll be we're looking at some of the stories around that. That's quite important as well. And uh, just yeah, generally having a look at, at those sorts of aspects. We've got some news from Israel in terms of, uh, you know, we always do a bit of a good news segment, so we're going to be talking about that things. Uh, just just generally chatting about the Jewish community as we head towards Pesach uh, as well. Uh, so, you know, these are all the things that uh, that you can have uh, a little bit of looking forward to on the show today. Uh, and talking of uh, Pesach, you know, it's worth um, noting that this, this time of year you've got to start uh, getting yourself together for all of the different uh, shopping that has to get done. And so you may want to look at some of the pick-and-pay hyper pocket-saving deals that they have uh, just for you. So uh, pick-and-pay stewing beef is a delicious 74 rand 99 per kilo. Pick-and-pay kosher chicken flatties uh, at assorted very low 79.99 per kilo. Crumbed chicken schnitzels are 169.99 per kilo. And uh, if you're into the kosher lean beef mince, you can get that for 69.99 per kilo. You can catch those in many more specials uh, in store, and they are exclusive to Pick and Pay Nord Hypermarket, but only while stocks last. Pick and Pay Nord, the best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. And uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, please, you know, feel free. 
And we're very, very happy to have you uh, in in the discussion, 0618951019, or you can SMS us on 34519 uh, if you're feeling uh, a bit uh, hard done by by the you know the rand dollar exchange that is one rand fifty. So uh, you know, should just take that into account uh, before sending that. If uh, it's one of those tight months, you know, April. Um, yeah, so we're, we're very happy to hear you. you. Can also tweet us at chayfem or email us on air dot. Com. Now, one of the things which I think got uh, Shabbos tables buzzing <clears throat> this particular Shabbos was an announcement or, or article just before uh, Shabbat, uh, which came in about this this downgrade and stage one and all of these sorts of things that is happening or, or might not happen, or we're not really sure with the Israeli embassy. And I just wanted to sort of pick up on one or two aspects, which I think was, seems to have been missing with some of the commentary that we've been seeing around here. Because there seems to be quite a, a divergence between uh, what the what the minister is saying, uh, what she's writing down, and then what she's basically um, basically. You know, what she's saying, what she's writing down, and then what she's answering in the questions. And I think it makes a, a big difference, uh, to see, you know, what is it that, um, uh, you know, what, what is that, that we're actually saying. So, uh, just to give you some background in case uh, this is not an issue that you've been following. So, in 2017 and a little bit before that, the ANC took a policy decision, basically being driven by the BDS, uh, that they wanted to downgrade the Israeli embassy to a liaison office. That's what they try to say. Uh, and, and of course, the ANC has a bunch of these resolutions. They're talking about land expropriation. They're talking about, uh, you know, nationalizing the Reserve Bank, all these sorts of things. And pretty much since then, there's been a question about if they were going to do it, when they were going to do it. Nobody has really known. But it has become something that has come up in Parliament a lot and, and putting pressure Etc. So last week, um, Sasulu uh, Lindiwe, who is the minister of uh, what is she, the Department of International Relations and Cooperation, she decided that she was going to do a lecture at the South African Institute of International Affairs, which is a big think tank that they do. Uh, you know, um, they look at all sorts of international relations issues, and and so what. She was, she gave this speech where she like looked at all sorts of things. She talked at the Western powers. She looked at the communist powers, all sorts of, you know, it was basically a very, uh, long drawn out speech about, you know, what it was that, you know, she would be talking about. Now, written into the speech, uh, she, she had the following. Um, uh, we are in process of following the downgrade resolution of the ruling party and stage one, uh, is, is, has been completed. Our ambassador is back in South Africa and we will not be replacing him. Uh, our liaison office in Tel Aviv will have no political mandate, no trade mandate, no development, no cooperation, will not be responsible for trade or commercial activities. The focus of this, of the liaison office will be on consular and facilitation of people to people relations. Now what's quite interesting is that she wrote this down in the speech, but then she didn't actually say it. Um, and, and you know she didn't actually say any of the stuff. It's sometimes you find uh, with government ministers that they have a speech and they go off topic. Uh, sometimes because they don't want to really engage with a particular topic. So uh, that could be. But then 
then somebody decided to, um, um, somebody actually decided to, to question her on this. Uh, and, and somebody, you know, at, at Sia asked this, and, and this is her response. She said, we are putting together a program of downgrading our relations with Israel in line with the resolutions that were taken by the ANC. We have a program that was put in place, uh, before the ANC in response to their demands. Uh, and we also look at the legal implications of the agreements we currently have with Israel, if there are any, and if there are any administrative re- repercussions that come out of that. Uh, the first thing that we've done is that we no longer have an ambassador in Israel, and we will now operate uh, at the at the level of a liaison office uh, to deal with all diplomatic um, affairs. So this was basically her answer. There's a, there's a bit more, but if you want to read the whole thing, it's on the Daily Maverick. You can go and have a... Um, a look, uh, the interesting thing that she said is that the ambassador in Israel, uh, in South Africa is still ambassador here till we have such time as we fully adopted the resolutions of the ANSI conference. So there's a few interesting aspects here. The first is that she's talking about the ambassador leaving, right? Now when we talk about the ambassador, we're talking about the ambassador in Israel, that's the South African embassy in Israel, not the ambassador here, uh, in Israel, uh, in South Africa rather. And, um, and and basically she's uh she's talking about that aspect of things now um what's interesting about this is that she's correct in when she says that the south african ambassador has uh been been, been brought back and in fact i've seen him personally i saw him on his flight back home but the truth is is that happened in november december already so it's now been like four or five months before anything like that has actually occurred. And the truth is, is that uh, as much as they brought him home, he actually had finished his term. Uh, his term was officially up. So she's kind of making a big thing out of something which was a basic standard protocol. And the next statement about uh, the Israeli ambassador in South Africa is something that she actually can't control, right? So it's only the Israeli uh, ambassador uh, who can decide to withdraw himself unless you completely sever ties with the country, which is, you know, not what she's saying. Uh, and of course, the Israeli uh, embassy here had, uh, you know, not too much to say about this. So it's interesting what she's saying. It, she's sort of the, the basic summary here is that on the one hand, she's going back on what she's saying in the written statement because she's saying, oh, we still need to assess things, uh, although we've already done things, even though she actually hasn't. And then on the other hand, she's already going further and, and talking about what our relations are uh, with Israel in total. Um, and then the last part, which I think was disturbing and should be disturbing, not just to South Africans uh, and uh, and Israelis, uh, I mean, not just to the Jewish community and, and, and Israel, uh, is the next part. Because somebody asked, what about UCT? Because, of course, we've been following this issue of UCT very, very closely. And, of course, they voted down the boycott issue uh, the other day in the council. And somebody asked her, um, how come the government allowed uh, UCT, which was a partly government-funded institution, to have relations with Israeli universities. Now, of course, UCT doesn't have any relations with Israeli universities. All they were doing is voting on saying whether they should or they shouldn't, which, of course, they did say that they, you know, that they rejected that boycott resolution. And her response was, the reason why public institutions have relations with countries the ANC has decided to sever relations with is possibly because we have been slow in getting where we should. Uh, if we had done it much faster, we would have a clear policy where we, we can direct even public institutions uh, about the government's position with Israel. Um, and then she said the, is, the ANC's position in relation to Israel is very clear. We have no relations with Israel, uh, and that's what we want the government to 
adopt as soon as possible. So now she's gone very extreme again uh, in, in her response. Uh, and it's completely unacceptable, actually, never mind from an ANC Israel South Africa perspective. But the fact that she's telling a university who it can and can't engage with, I think, is, is quite disturbing uh, and, and should be a signal to all sorts of people, uh, you know, where the ANC is at with some of its more dictatorial tendencies. And, uh, you know, I think that this is the most disturbing part about it. So, and, and it, and it should be noted that this was in response to a question. So it's kind of interesting to, to see where you have the official policy, where, the, where, where she's talking about what they're actually doing. And then, uh, and then her actual kind of responses to this where she goes more and more extreme. So the question is, and the question, you know, that I think we're going to have to ask ourselves as the community and, uh, and, you know, in the run up to this election, how much of this uh, do we take at face value? How much of it do we assume is just electioneering in the hope of winning extra votes in the Western Cape or wherever it is? Um, it's a good question. Uh, and we're just going to have to see. But what I thought was worth looking at is the nuance around what she was actually saying uh, and what, uh, you know, what was actually uh, on the table. So we're going to have to, um, yeah, we're going to have to watch it very carefully and I think as a community spond, respond very strongly. I think that this sort of talk is unacceptable, uh, electioneering or not, uh, and the minister needs to get in line. Uh, she has to do what BRICS is doing, which is improving country relations. She has to do what the rest of Africa is doing, uh, which is improving relations. I mean, you just see this week Rwanda opened an embassy uh, in Rwanda with, with the Israeli government. So I think that uh, a lot of this is, is posturing, but uh, not to be taken uh, lightly and we have to push back. Let's take a bit of music and a bit of a break and we'll be back just after the IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. I have to tell you for this next segment and this next set of guests, I had to do a little bit of preparation. Uh, and so I decided that uh, this morning I would run a couple of times around the block. Uh, and once I'd done that, I took the block and I put it back under the bed and went to sleep. Uh, because that is about the extent of all the running that I have ever done. Uh, but the people in the studio today are like much more into it than I am. Uh, that is to say that they actually decided they're going to run all the way from Johannesburg to Cape Town, and uh, I don't even want to, like, drive from Johannesburg to Cape Town. So they clearly are a bit mad, so that's actually exactly what they are. They are the Mad to Run uh, group, and uh, they are all, I mean, they're not, the whole group is not Jewish, but there are a bunch of Jews who are doing it, and so we brought them into studio to talk. Milani Scher and Brad Novico and Dan Stillerman, guys, welcome to the show, and uh, welcome to the New Blue Review. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Ben. Okay, man. First of all, like, are any of you actually like runners generally before you decided to do this, or was it just like one day you woke up and were like, okay, now we're going to just run down to Cape Town? So I would definitely say we are all runners. Mm -hmm. I've been running consistently for about six years. Just hit forty half marathons. I've done two marathons. So. I'd like to say I'm an avid runner. Okay, so so it's not like this is just an amateur thing. You guys are all pretty into the, the whole sporting vibe. And I've been hanging around Mel for about a year and just by osmosis, <laughs> it's just kind of happened. <laughs> and you, Brad, are you are you a runner? Yes, yeah, I did the Two Oceans, uh, the Ultra last year. Okay. And then actually Mel approached me and said, well, would you like to do MAD this year? And I said, well, tell me more about it. And then That's yeah, how you got involved. Yeah, I'm like, why not? So how long has this MAD thing been going on? 
So this will be the sixth year of uh, Mad to Run. It was set up by Sean and Dale Roth. They got inspired and they wanted to make a real difference. Mm-hmm. So the, ma- the charity is the Make a Difference Leadership Foundation, which was set up by Francois Pena in 2003. Okay. He got inspired by Nelson Mandela to make a difference to South Africa. So he set up this amazing education scholarship fund for individuals with academic and leadership potential. And about six years ago, Dale and Sean got inspired and they said, let's run from Joburg to Cape Town and raise funds for the Make a Difference yeah. Leadership Foundation. Now, now initially, when, when, when you know, we were talking about this and getting an understanding, like you said to me, oh, it's a relay, right? So I had this like view of, of someone like, you know, handing over a baton somewhere near Colesburg and then <laughs> the next vote goes. Uh, but it's not like that at all. Like it's quite a logistical Operation. There's a lot going on here in order to, to get out. So just explain to us, when you say you're doing running a relay from, from Joburg to Cam, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so good question, Benj. It's actually a really quite a complicated logistical story. So the whole group of 43 runners and 12 cyclists and a whole lot of crews, probably about 90 people all in all, makes their way over seven days, one week, from Johannesburg to Cape Town. We've got base camps along the way, and there are shifts. So, for example, we're in a team, the three of us, and we'll be with a few other teams on a shift for about eight and a half hours. Okay, so we've got multiple shifts. We've got about six shifts. So, for example, it's 24-7, so it actually goes through the night. So our first shift is at... 20 past 1 in the morning and ends at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And that can be from point 160 kilometers to point 240 kilometers. So it's a 24-7 relay that goes. And when you're not running, you get a shuttle back to a base camp. Right. So, so I mean, your, your shifts are like what? Is that like 12 hours, 8 hours? Eight and a half hours, 80 kilometers, where each person, each runner is expected to do at least 20 Ks during that shift. I mean, 80 kilometers per, not per ship, surely. No, no, you're saying 20 kilometers? Where did the 80 come from? The 80 is approximately 10 kilometers per hour is the speed. So, okay. for example, there'll be six people in a pace of vehicle and one person or two people will be running. And during those eight hours, that eight hour shift, it's like a work day. Yeah. <laughs> it just might be through the night, a night shift. And during those eight, eight and a half hours, your shift is expected to get from point A to point B, which is 80 kilometers. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, if you want to talk to the mad runners, ask any questions, like, why are they mad? 0618951019. Uh, and you can SMS us 34519 if you've ever, if you're one of these ultra runners. So by, by the time you get done, it's about a week, right, of this, of this running thing. How much distance would you have gone? So, the whole team is covering 1,520 kilometers. So we go a bit off the beaten track because we can't run on the highways, but that's the distance between Joburg and Cape Town. So I was about so to ask, like, do you have to pay e-tolls or whatever on the way to Cape Town? <laughs> so clearly that's how you get around that. That is how we avoid the e-tolls. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and, and, and so, okay, so you say like you're going to do 180 Ks, uh, as a team, is that that's correct? 180 k's per person. Per person, okay. That's what so it's not. Pledged. I think yeah. Brad has actually pledged to do 200 kilometers. Yeah, 200. Just to like to add a bit extra on for fun or what? Well, you know, because it's 180 <laughs> is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm hopefully planning to do 200 to two. If 
Well, there could be surprises en route, like maybe uh, me wearing a Borat mankini if I get to 250. It just depends on on how much people (laughs) pledge towards. If you want to see Brad in a mankini, he's already already wearing a sort of bright green T-shirt in studio. We're Facebooking live, so you can see that already. Uh, So basically, you just have to like strip it in half and you'll have the mankini and then you're you're there. It's like uh, it's not even so hard. Uh, So have you guys had like a good response from people, you know, like to this thing? Yeah, so what we found is that when we started spreading the word a few weeks ago, people were just mind-boggled as to why we would do this mm. and and how it works. How do you actually get from Joburg to Cape Town on foot? Yeah. So what Mel and I did about three, four weeks ago is we did a little Facebook Live just explaining how it works and why we're doing it, where the money goes and what this is all about and when, when it actually happens because people had so many questions. So we did that and we got a great response to that. So the easiest way to get involved, there's multiple ways you can do a once-off pledge. We'll put the link in the the little write-up underneath the Facebook Live. Yeah. But what a lot of people have been doing, most people have been pledging an amount per kilometer right. that we run. So, for example, if you pledge one rand per kilometer that I run, I've pledged 180, of course, 10 times high. And uh, if I do 180 Ks and you've pledged one rand, you'll be in for 180 rand. And that will be payable after the event, once I've got the final kilometer count. Right. And and these base camps that you're talking about, these towns, I mean, what, what you know, is it off the beaten track in the Karoo? Like, whereabouts are you guys staying in between? So I don't know the exact location actually of the schools, but thank God for Dale Roth. She is incredible and she has organized all the logistics. So... Basically, our stop-off points, we first start in Hrunstadt, okay. then we go to Bloemfontein, Colesburg, then two nights in Victoria West, Sutherland series, and then down to Cape Town. Oh, and wow. along the way, we're mostly going to be camping. So we have some awesome yellow tents to match our green shirts, huh. and we'll basically be camping on fields of schools um, throughout the trip. That's great. I mean, certainly some some of the more picturesque parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Sutherland's also mm-hmm. reputed... And to be the coldest part of the country. It's already so should be three yeah. degrees at the moment. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, like, that's, I hope that you're sort of, you're not doing one o'clock in the morning in Sutherland, because that could not be. I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a night shift in Sutherland. Yeah, well, at least, at least you'll have the, the, the stars. You know, that's also where all the observatories are. So you'll have that, at least you can watch. I mean, will people be able to follow you guys while you're doing it? Is there going to be like streaming or, it's like, it's unlike, the, you know, I used to do the, the Cape to Rio yacht race and you used to like have the little dots, you know, on the map. Will you, will you be able to do that? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll probably be, uh, I've already set up a WhatsApp group for all donors. And by the way, you asked if there's been a great response, and it's been phenomenal. So I personally have raised over 50,000 rand so far. So people have got really involved. As a team, we've raised, I think, just over a million rand. And the target is two million rand and goes to an awesome cause. And uh, yeah, so I've made a WhatsApp group. We'll be sharing our live location. We'll be sending a little video update. Uh, we are going to be getting some guests along the way. I think we've got Hugh Bladen and Desmond Tutu yeah, joining, us joining us along, along the way on route. And, uh, yeah, we'll be Instagramming and Facebook living. You know, I like my so- social media bench. Never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and we sure Brad will have some comedy videos along the way. Yeah, because Brad, yeah. You're, you're not just a, a runner. You also do uh, a little bit uh, on the entertainment side. Is that right? Yeah, so I've, I've got about, um, well, I'll do, I do voices. Okay. 
So I've got about 55 personalities that are waiting to come out <laughs> en route. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're talking about the entertainment, not the sort of, uh, you know, the, the mental health issues. Because um, I, I certainly know when, when, you know, if I've been running for long enough, you know, at least like three Ks, then I have different personalities that come up, which are not necessarily uh, very good. So, now, you guys are, okay, you, you're obviously just the three yids who are doing it, but you have a whole team that's, that's, that's part of it. So, like, do you just randomly get allocated people who you're like, okay, you know, Welcome to your new running mates, or do you sort of form form groups that are going to be part of the, the vibe? Yeah, so good question. We're a team of three, okay, but then we run with another team of three in the same vehicle, and then there's another vehicle with two other teams. So there's okay. probably 12 to 15 runners at any point in time on the road, either in the vehicle or one or two people running. Uh, yeah, so it is pretty random, but it's an amazing group of people. I mean, everybody's, you know, most people are runners, but most people really want to do something to make a real difference to South Africa, people who are passionate about going beyond uh, their their ego and just their athletic running goals mm. and actually doing something to make a real impact. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was, was going to say, uh, you know, have you guys been practicing together to, like, try and get a sense, you know, running in a pack can be, you know, you've got to support one another and all that sort of thing? I mean, yeah, I've, I've uh, been doing a couple of, of uh, half marathons and um, there's a training plan that we've been given and... Um, we need to follow that training plan, and I think I'm ready. I think we're all pretty much ready. We've all done our put our training in, and, and hopefully, um, yeah, it's it's about trying to do as much as possible. Mm. And yeah, just it's going to be tough, but it's going to be a, a really fun adventure. And you asked if we've been training together. So as a whole team, there are actually a couple of runners that are coming down from Cape Town and different areas. And at the end of January, in the last weekend of Jan, we had an event called Mini Mad, where we did a bit of a roundabout route, and we ran from Joburg to Paris. And it was 360 kilometers, and we basically mocked Mad to Run. So it was called Mini Mad, and we slept in tents. We had six-hour shifts, not eight-hour shifts, just because the weekend was shorter. And as a team, we all managed to get together and to run and practice the relay. So we do have a good sense of... The different runners in the team, the personalities, I guess, how we gel together. Obviously, relationships start to form. And we've had various fundraising events throughout the year. We've had a comedy evening. We had a gin tasting event. We had a bowls day. So we really have spent a lot of time together fundraising and coming together as a team. Fantastic. Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be speaking again to the Mad Runners. Art is not entertainment. Art is not luxury goods. Art is culture. It's you and me. Join Ross Baz Mondays at 11 a.m. for The Culture Vulture. Conversations in culture, arts, and entertainment. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. You're back with 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. And we're in studio with Mad to Run, a leadership foundation. What, what actually is the money going to? What, what does the, the foundation, you know, actually support? Good question. So, as I said, Franz Hopp and I in 2003 set up the Make a Difference Leadership Foundation, the MAD Leadership Foundation, and it's a comprehensive, holistic scholarship fund. So, for individuals with academic and leadership potential, so beyond just giving them tuition fees, 
they basically identify these individuals with a lot of potential in high school, typically grade eight, grade nine, and they pay for their tuition, but also give them a whole lot of holistic leadership and emotional support to help them to achieve their academic and career goals right through high school and tertiary education. So there's some incredible beneficiaries who have come through the program and who are currently on the program and are qualified actuaries, engineers, mm-hmm. accountants. It's really inspiring to see there's over 200 scholars that have come through the program. So it really goes to an awesome cause. And it's really all about just taking matters into our own hands in terms of moving South Africa forward and making a real, di- making a real difference. Right. Uh, so you, you mentioned like all of the different, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a sort of social media heavy uh, experience to to do this kind of thing. Uh, so so how can people get involved? How can they you know, see where you are? What are, what are the handles and the, the WhatsApps and all that sort of thing? So if anyone would like to follow us on Instagram, we are Mad Two Adventures and hashtag um, Mad to Run, and on Facebook we are also Mad to Adventures. So there's Mad to Run and Mad to Cycle, and we both fall under the umbrella term of Mad to Adventures. Okay, so if you want to follow them there, how, how long does it take to put together? But from your the logistic effort sounds like it's quite a lot. And you've got all these other events. Now, how big is the team that's actually doing the organising and, and running in advance and all this kind of thing? So Dale Raff is the only employee of mad to adventures so she is the driving force behind it all and she really has been incredible in terms of organizing the logistics but also in terms of getting us great sponsors Mm. which is something we haven't spoken about yet so i'd really like to mention liberty two degrees they're i think our associate sponsor they have given us a massive donation which has managed to cover a lot of our costs such as petrol Spa has given us a 60,000 rand donation, which has covered all our food for the event. So that's great to know that all of our fundraising goes actually directly to the Make a Difference Leadership Foundation. We don't have to use that to cover our own costs. I think we've got sponsorship for petrol. Bus truck is sponsoring the vehicles to come down with us. We have paramedics come in. So... Mm. Chefs. Chefs. Yeah. 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 Oh, you, 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 you're not going to cook your own, your own vibe there, bro. <laughs> no, if I tried, I think I'd let everyone down. Yeah, I know. Might be an issue. Running to the toilet instead of on the road. Um, Sorry, before yeah. you oh, continue, more. but Hogan Lovells as well has come on as a big day sponsor, and they also have sent three of their employees to that, come run with us. That's illegal. For yes. Yeah. That is illegal. So in case someone does something dodgy on the road, <laughs> drunk driving or whatever. All right. No, that's fine. Okay, great. So there's a cool bunch of Sponsors, and of course, but of course, the key thing is that people actually sponsor you guys in order to uh, to involve. I mean, I'm quite excited about this project. I'm going to be sponsoring, uh, you know, Dan to 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 do some some running. So that's uh, uh, you know on on our side, even here at the station. Uh, but I mean, if if people want to sponsor you, Dan or Brad or Mel or all the three of you, how, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So thanks for asking. So we're going to include a couple of links below this Facebook Live, but okay. through High FM, I'll be sharing the links with you. As I said, you can make a once-off donation using PayFast. There's also a give and gain link. There's also a Zapper code, so people can zap with their phones. And there's also what I've done is I've set up for myself a Google form just to fill in what you're comfortable to pledge per kilometer. And then, as I said. That payment will be made after Mad to Run, and it starts the the whole event starts this Friday morning, okay. which is the twelfth, and it ends in Cape Town on the nineteenth of April. So, so we, uh, we have Ben Diner, who's uh, sent us a message. Uh, thank you, Ben. He says, "Will Mel and Dan be going for a personal best at the two 
oceans? Because, I mean, there is, of course, a run after. Uh, are you guys going to run all the way down there just to run again? So thank you, Ben Diner, for your question. After having run for seven days straight in crazy conditions such as rain and throughout the night and through the Karoo Desert, we will not be going for a personal best this year. We will all be running as a team. So the whole of Mad Run start as a team. They finish as a team. We take it slow and we just aim to cross the finish line before the cutoff. But... But From a personal side, I am working towards a permanent number at the Two Oceans. So this will be my six years. So, Ben, okay. I hope that's good enough. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a little bit insane. You're basically using uh, the, the Mad to Run as a warm-up for the Two Oceans. Is this what you're saying? Essentially. And flights were really expensive before <laughs> Pesach yeah, Easter. Yeah. So, oh, you know, it's a, it's a more economical <laughs> way of getting down there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right. So, no, that's that's great. So, Dan, if, just to get back to So, if people want to uh, donate, can they get hold of you to get hold of that Google form or whatever? Do you have a number or an email? Email something that they can. Yeah, so my number is I can give my number 074-141-6275. You can drop me a personal message on WhatsApp or on Facebook. Sometimes people don't like to publicize the amount of charity yeah. that they're giving, sure. so that's cool as well. Uh, my email address is danstilliman at gmail dot com. If you want any other info, and as we said, there's Mad Two Adventures on Facebook and on Instagram, which you can follow. Okay, fantastic guys. Well, uh, good luck. It's uh, very exciting. It's you know uh, just in time for winter as well, so you guys. Are really going? You're not going, messing around. Very, very inspiring. Nice to see uh, people in the community that are, are helping. Uh, you know, people for the future of our country. It's fantastic, and and in such a healthy way uh, of doing it. Or, or I don't know. At some point, it has to become unhealthy to do that amount of running. But uh, you know, it's very, very cool. So well done. Good luck, and uh, we look forward to following you all uh, and your progress. And hopefully, when you're done, you can come and chat and tell us how it all went. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thanks. thanks for having us, and thanks to all the listeners and viewers. Yeah, for sure. Mad to run there on 101.9 Chai FM, uh, you know, helping out uh, where they can uh, with their feet. Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Uh, now, we were talking about Instagram as well just before uh, before with the, with the running guys and I thought you might want to know what are the best places to get an Instagram in in Israel because uh, it is obviously quite a big um, quite a big thing to do uh, get an Instagram and it, Israel is amazing when it comes to this and uh, has been doing all sorts of stuff uh, that to kind of promote Instagramming. And there are all sorts of places, even places that I've never even heard of, um, which are, you know, you can go and get Instagram. Like, for example, Beit Gurvrim National Park Bell Caves. Now, I've never heard of this place, but apparently it's a national park in the center of Israel, encompassing, encompassing the ruins of Marasha, one of the most important towns of Judah during the time of the First Temple. And Beit Gurvim, an important town in the Roman era, uh, when it was known as Eleutheropolis. Uh, archaeological artifacts unearthed at the site include a large Jewish cemetery and a Roman Byzantine amphitheater. And there are numerous bell caves within the ground park and events are held and they're very large uh, and easily accessible. And it's amazing. They have these pictures here, Instagrams, obviously, uh, where you can see light coming through uh, and the caves, they'll almost have this like sandstone feel to them, uh, which really looks very, very cool. It's something I'm going to have to do the next time I'm in Israel. Uh, apparently, even Matisse Yahu has been uh, filming in there. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh what other ones? Ein Gedi. If you've ever been to Ein Gedi, it's a fantastic place to go Instagramming. Uh, they've got these ibexes there and, of course, the waterfalls. And this was the place where uh, where King Saul, uh, 
or King David rather was running away from King Saul in, in, in the waterfall. So that's definitely, uh, one I would suggest. The Ramon Crater, that's become huge in the last few years. Uh, the Ramon Crater, of course, is a, a crater, uh, it's not actually caused by volcanic action or meteorites, actually from erosion, but it's a massive, massive crater and it can take spectacular pictures. Uh, so something, uh, worthwhile there as well. The, the other one which I thought was fascinating is the Dead Sea. Now, of course, we always know Instagrams of the Dead Sea and you're sitting there with the newspaper and all of that. Uh, but, uh, there's actually new Dead Sea tours that you can do, uh, where they actually take you to the places where the Dead Sea has been receding over the last few years because, of course, the Dead Sea is dying, so to speak. Uh, and, and these magnificent salt, uh, sculptures that have come out from underneath the ocean uh, and uh, or the sea, and you can actually go take pictures there. So uh, definitely something worth uh, worth doing as well. So those are just some of the Instagrammable places. If you want to see all of them, check out 13 of the best spots uh, in Israel uh, to snap an Instagram because uh, you'll be able to see a whole bunch of places where you can take people uh, in, in, you know, if you're taking the kids or you want to see or just want to see how beautiful Israel is. It's a great place to do it. By the way, uh, there are a few seats available for the Jewish Board of Deputies Great Debate on Thursday, uh, 11th of April, half past seven at the Cyril Harris Community Center. Uh, Mandy Weiner, of course, we all know uh, the famous author, is going to be asking five prominent political parties uh, what their views are on the night. Some seating is lim- limited. Uh, the event's also going to be broadcast live on HiFM from 7 p.m. Uh, and uh, details can be found on the Board of Deputies social pages. So I'm going to be going along to that. Uh, you can check out their website at sajbd.org. Um, just a reminder around that because I mean, that's been running in uh, you know, on, on, on what's been going on. Definitely, you know, we spoke about the downgrade of the embassy. It's a good chance to ask our political parties what they think about that. I think it's, uh, very interesting. Uh, and, uh, just before we end, there is, uh, one more thing I want to tell you about pick and pay, uh, that there are three more ways you can win. Uh, you can win 500 bucks at the Nord Hyper, uh, Nord Hyper Kosher Butchery if you just write your details on a till slip and put it in the box. Uh, and if you're in store on a Thursday night, you can get a thousand bucks on the spot to spend at meat, which is great. Or, uh, you, if you, uh, buy just normal goods at Pick and Pay Nord Hyper, write them on the back of your slip and put them into the box at the info kiosk, uh, then you can uh, get into with the big trolley dash, which we did talk, which is a 60 second dash. Uh, you can get whatever you want uh, in that 60 seconds, and it will be free. And that's going on the 18th, so you need to be installed to win from that. Uh, and uh, every Thursday night until uh, Pesach, you can win at the Nord Hyper Spin and Win. And if uh, you're at the till and your till number comes up, then uh, you'll win a spot prize. So you can join Pick and Pay Nord Hyper Thursday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Chaifem will be there as well. So uh, definitely worth doing. Brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Mandy for producing. Vusu does uh, the, the after sound. Craig pushes all the big red buttons. And we'll chat to you next week on the New Blue Review.